Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Head coach of the Phoenix women's team, Paul Temple. Morning, Paul. How are you? Good morning. Very well, thank you. That's a story, mate. That's a story. Uh, congratulations, uh, first of all, on the appointment and uh, getting some business done as well, mate. You've uh, you, you've been very, very busy in the transfer market and uh, you've it's been relaxed so you can bring in some visa players as well. You've got a, a couple of US players and a, and a Venezuelan striker. Can you Can you tell us... A little bit about the players and, and how long you've been looking and, and how that search uh, has come about. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty long process, the recruitment, especially um, when you're looking at bringing in players from overseas. So uh, all quite complicated. There's the scouting process that you've got to do and I guess start profiling the players that wanna that you want to bring in in those positions what you're looking for ideally and while all that's going on we still hadn't had the official word from the fa that um that the rules are going to be relaxed so we were kind of i guess charging on with signing some visa players without knowing whether we'd be allowed to do that or not so um yeah it was it was not ideal a little stressful at times but uh, in the end it's worked out how we expected it to which was that the rules were relaxed around the Phoenix and recruitment, so we haven't got any of the same restrictions that we had for the first two seasons as a club, which means um, if we were to bring in a visa player in the first two seasons, we would have, it would have come off our Kiwi quota of players, which was only a maximum of 11, so you can appreciate how difficult that was for the previous coaches in terms of... Um, being able to bring people in and give players opportunities in New Zealand. So was, they were in a bit of a no-win situation, to be honest. So that being relaxed has been a huge help to us. Um, we've been able to sign the Kiwis that we wanted to and retain from the squad, but also bring in these, uh, these players from overseas. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a little bit of a process. Some are quicker than others. But the, the bit that really matters once you start talking to the player and you get... Um, a sense of who they are as a person and then you start negotiating with them that part has actually been really simple and, and quite quick to be honest I think uh, these players are really seeing the opportunity to come to the A-League and at this point in time um, with the Women's World Cup here um, I think it was a real big draw card uh, and I think also the, the new facility we have at the Phoenix um, at entered CIS in Upper Hutt is also a big draw card for players from overseas as well because it's sort of rivals the best facilities in the world so when you've got those two things in your favour I think um, it's really worked out well for us. Yeah, your your opinion on the World Cup, Paul, you, like, you just touched on it briefly then about your high performance centre out at Lower Hutt and uh, 
the ladies getting to see New Zealand on a whole. Do you th- what, are, what are your expectations po- post this World Cup as far as uh, women's soccer goes? Well, I think New Zealand really embraced the tournament and probably, in fairness, better than most people were actually expecting or imagining mm. to do so. Um, the full stadiums for games that weren't involved in New Zealand was something that I personally wasn't sure we were going to see. And, and then we, we were getting them regularly, which I think is fantastic from the New Zealand sporting public, especially when there's other sporting codes going on as well. Um, women's football took centre stage in New Zealand and Australia, which is unheard of before now. So the tournament had an amazing pulling power. Um, and, you know, for me, this is a great opportunity for the A-League women's competition to really ride the wave now. And um, and it's up to the teams in the A-League to continue with the high-quality football and the and the quality players that we bring to the league so that people's interest is retained, you know. And, um, and so, yeah, from my point of view, if we were able to bring in these visa players like we have been able to, um, it gets fans excited, gets people excited, and we can hopefully continue the the wave that we're seeing over this Women's World Cup with supporter engagement. Five and a half thousand people turned up to the uh, first home game last season, which was also against mm-hmm. Melbourne City, mate. I mean, uh, I know memberships are uh, starting at, I think, $99, which is, uh, you know, pretty cheap, all things considered, especially off the back of this World Cup. What sort of numbers are you hoping for, expecting for that opening game? It is, of course, the opening game of the competition and uh, as, and a standalone game too at, uh, at a big stadium. Yeah, look, I mean, I'd love to be able to fill that stadium. I mean, what a story that would be for the Phoenix, but also yeah. for that continuation of women's football in, in New Zealand. Um, so that's the challenge to the public, you know. Um, and I think what really struck me, um, you know, I've been in New Zealand a long time, when you go to sporting events, you always get good crowds for decent games, but there's always this uh, walk-up crowd, right? And this uh, it's kind of like a bit of a fair-weather thing. If it's windy and rainy, people won't come. If it's middle of summer and people are at the beach, you know, like it's very weather-dependent for a section of supporters. Yeah. And so that would be the sort of challenge I would lay out to people is, you know, go and support your team, rain, hail or shine, and, and get along to the games. Um because I think they, these athletes, uh, they really deserve that support. And, and I think it's, you know, I was saying yesterday to somebody that it's up to us to play the brand of football now. If we play the right brand of football and we are exciting to watch and people want to come, then, um, then I think the chances of us getting really high crowds and keeping those crowds high is, is good. So, um, yeah, let's not put a ceiling on the attendance. Let's just go for it and see if we can get as many people in the door as possible. I know that, uh, girls under 16 go free as well across the whole league. So there's some pretty good initiatives and cheap memberships. So it's it's um, it's definitely not expensive to go. So that's that's good. Yeah, for a good day out. And I'm pretty sure after the World Cup, you'd have a lot of uh, young ladies wanting to go along and just have a look at that professional game. Melbourne City up next for you, mm-hmm. uh, Paul. What what what's your expectations of this game? Uh, look, City are always perennial kind of top four team um, and probably. I guess got a little bit more financial backing in terms of the city group model. Um, so very tough opener for us. Um, and they're a team that yeah, is always going to be difficult to play against. Um, but look, we, we have the, the unknown factor in our favour. Um, we've, we've changed our squad up quite a bit. I think there's almost 50% of it is going to be new players. Um, obviously me being a new coach, 
that we knew a way of doing things and playing. So we have that kind of, I guess, uh, element of surprise, which um, which we'll use to our advantage against City. So um, we want to change the mindset of this group really, and and go into every game thinking that we can we can beat whoever we're going to play and take it to them and be attack minded and um, and you know like really go for these wins. So. It would be awesome to start off with a win. It's obviously going to be tough, but yeah, we'll certainly be uh, going into that game with a real positive mindset that we can start the season well. Now, you uh, mentioned we mentioned the the visa players, of course. Uh, Hope Breslin, uh, Haley Davidson, um, whose nickname has got to be Harley, surely in the dressing room, and uh, and you got a uh, an a Venezuelan striker as well, who I know has played in uh, the US leagues a lot, uh, Mariana Speckmeyer. Um, what do you see in these players that you couldn't find in New Zealand or Australia? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the team has um, generally like been improving over the first two seasons, like, um, but the the struggle in, across both those seasons has been goal scoring and scoring enough goals to to win games where their performances are good, but they just haven't been able to put the ball in the net. And and so getting attacking players was key. Um, so they're all very attack-minded. Um, Haley is extremely athletic and attack-minded full-back, and we want to be able to use her to, to help support attacks from deep. Hope is very technical and creative, and you know is probably a stereotypical like number ten wide player that will beat people and be creative, create chances. And then Mariana is your number nine, who's quick and dynamic and runs and presses and, and does a heap of work up the top and, and scores goals. And um, we needed those players. Um, unfortunately, you know, you, there's some profile of players that we just don't have in New Zealand right now. Um, we need to help develop them for the long term, but the short term um, is that we needed those players in the team now uh, to help us win more games. So it's just kind of picking on those tiny little areas that you can improve on and bringing people in um, that you need to in those positions. So, yeah, it was all about the profile fit and what positions we needed them in, really. Hey, Paul, we had Jenny Binden on earlier in the week and she talked about the, um, I guess, the rise of the goalkeepers too through that World Cup. Uh, were you impressed with the goalkeeping in that cup? Because that's another another part that you can strengthen your side is by getting one of those world-class goalkeepers. So impressed with the rising level of goalkeeping. Um, I think there has been a criticism of the women's game in the past, um, but I thought that across the tournament that was kind of um, put to bed, really. The, the goalkeeping was sensational. When you think back, I think the first game I saw in Wellington was Costa Rica-Spain, and the Costa Rican keeper was keeping them in the game and making saves left, right and centre. So we had these kind of smaller nations with keepers that really stood up when they needed to. And then as we got through the tournament, I think um, the keepers from the final four teams were all uh, magnificent, really. Um, and then, obviously, Musovic had a pretty high-profile game against the US, which everyone talked about. And all of a sudden, the story out of these big games is goalkeeping, you know, which I, I'd, I'd not really seen that before. So I thought the keepers did an amazing tournament. Um, and, yeah, Catacol for... Spain is an amazing story. She's third choice at Barcelona at the start of the season and uh, made her World Cup debut um, in the round of 16 and then she won a World Cup final. So it's a pretty uh, awesome story for her. 
Yeah, very. I mean, it's something that, uh, you know, I know that uh, Brianna Edwards, who uh, at the moment is the only keeper that you've got signed for the coming season, will we'll be looking at. And maybe that's something that you guys can uh, do a little bit of homework on, 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 on training methods and stuff for some of these top European keepers. Um, but that does bring me to Lily Elfeld, who, of course, was the, the squad captain for the first two seasons and played most of the first season, but was out all of last year with a back injury. Where is she at and how far away uh, are you from making a decision on whether she's part of the squad going forward? Yeah, we're pretty close to making those decisions. Um, she's still going through a process, unfortunately. She's still not able to train right now. Um, and there's there's a lot there. As you can imagine, there's a huge amount of kind of context and stuff involved in this mm-hmm. and different me- medical specialists and um, things like that. So, um, yeah, I think as a club, we'll, we'll probably be in a position to make uh, a decision and a statement, I guess, on on Lily over the over the wee while, next coming while, because you know we need to kind of um, yeah we need to kind of get that clarity, and so does she. So, but um, look, she's such an awesome person, and as a as a football club, we're so determined to try and have her involved in the team. Ideally, it would be playing, um, but if we're not able to do that for the start of the season, then in maybe some other capacity, because she's just a brilliant. Um, role model for the girls and a great person to have around the environment and so uh, we would like that to continue so um, yeah fingers crossed but we're um, I, I don't think we're quite in a position yet to make a call one way or the other uh, and then another one that I just wanted to ask you about Paul and um uh, and that's Paige Satchel, um, who had been at Sydney FC and then came to the Phoenix last season, caused part of the Football Ferns environment as well. Uh, pace is so key uh, going forward in, in this game, and she has bags of it, but she's not part of the squad for next season. Was that your decision, her decision? Um, how, did, how did her moving on come about? Yeah, look, I think you hear in football, don't you, about mutual agreements. I think that was pretty much the case with me and Paige. Um, We had some good conversations and, you know, I I kind of made it very clear that I had a huge amount of respect for her and what she's doing currently. She's a full international player that's at the World Cup, you know, and, um, and is of that age where I think she has to play every week and that's what she needs for her career and... I was pretty honest with her and, and just sort of said that with the style of play that um, I'm, I was looking to play with the Phoenix, that um, I wasn't sure that she was the exact fit in terms of what we wanted from those players in the wide areas. And so I think we just mutually agreed that it would probably be better for her if she um, if she found somewhere where she could go and be her, the player that she is and play every week and experience a different type of environment. And I think it's been a really good positive move for her to go to you know to the English Championship and to play overseas and and uh, will help her continue playing at a high level so in the end I think it was a good decision for for her and and we're um, yeah so essentially we had those conversations and and it's just a it was more of a fit thing she's she's a good player there's no doubt about that and brings a lot of uh, quality to teams and especially that pace that you're talking about um, but we're, we're really trying to kind of change the dial on, I guess, like the way that we want to attack and and, uh, and the technical build-up of that attack. Um, and we just felt that um, we would perhaps have players that would be better suited to that style of play, um, not to diminish kind of uh, her quality in any way, but um, it was the best thing for both of us, I think.
Yeah, good stuff, Paul. All right, mate. Hey, listen, I really appreciate your time. We we could talk more, and no doubt we will talk again before the season kicks off. But uh, congratulations on the pickup so far. Best of luck for that season opener against Melbourne City as well. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. Paul Temple there, the head coach of the A-League women's Phoenix team, uh, building a squad quite nicely. Zoe McMeekin got announced yesterday. I think there's another three or four players to add to that squad, and pre-season training gets underway next week. Starting to look good, eh? Starting to look very good. Standalone game, too. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what crowd comes after the FIFA World Cup. Um, under 16 girls allowed to go in there for free. Like, yeah. I just, you know, they're pushing all the right buttons coming coming out the back end of it. Let's uh, let's wish them all the best and they they can get people going. The best, I reckon, when you're talking about support supporters, like we could learn a lot of the Phoenix supporters here in New Zealand. Totally, totally. And they so, yeah, are very good. And it's going to be a great game too because it's Melbourne City. It's Hannah Wilkinson plays at Melbourne City. Rebecca Stott plays at Melbourne City. So two of our best players from the football ferns are going to be in the opposition for yep. this game. So it's going to be a high-quality game. Looking yep. forward to it.